This is the Pain Information Network. Am I an addict? I wanted to answer this question, and I think it's an important question because it gets asked. It's one of those questions that either a family member, close friend, I don't know, relative, anybody, somebody you meet on the street that finds out you're on opioids is going to ask, why Why do you have to take it every day? Are you hooked on those things? And it's a reasonable question. It's a reasonable fear. It's uh, also one of those challenges we have in pain management. How do you keep somebody from their pain treatment and keep them from their own fears at the same time? Okay, let's go through this because this is very, very important. First of all, let's go through some definitions. Tolerance tolerance is the need for an increased dosage of a drug to produce the same level of analgesia that previously existed. Tolerance also occurs when a reduced effect is observed with a constant dose. Analgesic tolerance is not always during opioid treatment and is not an addiction. Got that? It's not an addiction. It means that you're becoming used to the drug, tolerant of the drug. You can take the drug. It, it's okay to take the drug and you have minimal side effects because you're tolerant. All right, this is the really important drive-at-home point. I know that there are some people out there that have challenges with drugs, and let's pick one, heroin. All right? So if you do have a heroin problem and you've cleaned up, I don't know, maybe you were in jail for a month, maybe you just cleaned up, period, and all of a sudden you're having a weak moment. Something's up. You go back to your dealer. You buy your regular dose of heroin. Well, it's life-threatening, and in many cases... It's fatal because you don't have any tolerance. What I tell my patients and just people in general is please, if you can, call me, 911, go to the ER, whatever it takes. If you have that weak moment and you think you're going to go back and reuse, you don't have any tolerance and you could die. Your same dose is not equal to what it was in the past. Physical dependence. Physical dependence can be described as the occurrence of withdrawal symptoms, and and it can be a withdrawal syndrome, too, after opioid use is stopped or quickly decreased without titration. That means incremental decreases. Physical dependence is, air quote, is not a clinical problem if patients are warned to avoid abrupt discontinuation of the drug. A tapering regimen, that means an incremental decrease, uh, of the opioid is recommended and you gotta you gotta avoid these narcan like drugs if you're physically dependent there's an- another drug you need to be aware of called naltrexone you have to be completely off your opioids before you get naltrexone topic for another day but that's a really great drug we use for addiction it's often a once a month or even longer with implanted uh, drug and it 
reverses opioids. So if you get naltrexone or Narcan, you can go right into withdrawal because you're physically dependent. And is is a treatment cessation indicated? I don't know. It might be something to talk over with your with your doctor. Pseudo tolerance. All right, that's the need to increase dosage that is not due to tolerance, but due to other factors such as, like you have disease progression, you have a new problem, a new comorbid disease, increased physical activity, lack of compliance, change in medication, drug interaction, underlying addiction, and deviant behavior. When a once-fixed opioid dose is no longer effective, the above conditions should be reviewed to exclude pseudotolerance. Now, here's another one, another pseudo. And I'm not big on these pseudos. I don't really believe that they, they exist. All right, now here, here's another pseudo. Pseudo-addiction. Okay. Pseudo-addiction is drug-seeking behavior that seems similar to addiction, but is due to unrelieved pain. I don't buy this. This behavior stops once the pain is relieved, often through an increased uh, opioid dose. I don't buy this. Air quote, misunderstanding of this phenomenon may lead to the clinician inappropriately stigmatizing the patient with the label, quote, addict, close quote. In this setting of unrelieved pain, the request for increase in drug requires careful assessment Okay, I'll I'll agree with that. Renewed efforts to manage pain, I'll agree with that, and avoidance of stigmatizing labels. Sometimes those labels are deserved. But I don't believe in pseudo-addiction, and I struggle with pseudo-tolerance. All right, here's the definition of addiction, and I'm going to go over this with more than one definitions. Addiction is, air quote, psychological dependence on the use of substance for their psychic effects and is characterized by compulsive use. And I'll add, despite harm. Okay, unquote. Addiction should be considered if patients no longer have control over the drug. I agree. Use and continue to use the drug. I agree. Despite harm. Underline harm. Agree. All right, substance abuse is pretty frequent. In all of USA, it's 7%. Physicians, 8%. Law enforcement, 8%. College students, 18%. Airline pilots, these guys have it, have it right because um, of a number of controls they have in their industry. It's only 4%. And once they get treated, they have a very, very, very small relapse. And interstate truckers, not to make you feel too good here, 12%. So 12 out of 100 truckers, right and left of you, hurling down the highway, are substance abusers. All right, so the drugs of abuse, roughly, these are numbers. Alcohol is easily available, so 50 to 60%. Opioids, 30% roughly. Benzos, males, 20%. 40% females. Marijuana is on the rise. It's a minimum of 20%, of which 10% of those are outright addicts. So, no, marijuana is not a benign drug. Cocaine, 10%, it's dropping. Amphetamines, Ritalin, it's rising, 10% male, and it's 20% female. Okay. 
substance abuse. One or more of the following in a 12-month period. This comes right out of the DSM-4. We're up to the DSM-5 now, so a few things have changed. Failure to fulfill major role or obligations at work, school, or home. All right? Recurrent substance use in situations in which it is physically hazardous, vis-a-vis driving a car. Current substance-related legal problems. Okay, DSM-5 dropped that. Uh, Continued substance use despite having persistent or recurrent social or interpersonal problems caused by or exacerbated by the effects of the substance. Here's some more from DSM-4. Uh, say three of the following during the last 12 months. And I'm, I'm picking on the DSM-4 because it's been used for so long. And people really know it. They, they just let that just roll off their tongue. All right, tolerance, withdrawal syndrome, larger amounts, longer period intended and used. In other words, you have to keep using more. That's somewhat like tolerance. But tolerance is not addiction. Remember that. You can be tolerant of other things, too. Inability to or persistent desire to cut down or control the drug. Increased amount of time spent in activities necessary to obtain this substance. In other words, preoccupation about uh, getting to the bar after work or uh, getting to the liquor store before it closes or finding your fix. Substance use is continued despite adverse consequences. All right, characteristics of addictions. These are the five C's. Impaired control, okay, compulsive use, continued use despite harm, craving, and consequences of use are disregarded. All right, the American Society of Addiction Medicine says... Addiction is a primary chronic disease of the brain, it is, and of the reward system that affects memory, motivation, and its related circuitry. Correct. Dysfunction in these circles and circuits leads to characteristic biological, psychological, social, and spiritual manifestations. This is reflected in an individual pathologically pursuing reward and or relief by substance use and other behaviors. Okay, that's kind of an older definition, but it's a good one. I like that one. And then the ASAM, or American Society of Addiction Medicine, in April 2011, adopted uh, a newer uh, description. It's much, much longer. And it's pretty much the similar. And it's, uh, it's important to make some distinctions, but keep it simple. Now, the DSM-5 is uh, much longer uh, in its descriptors, um, and it, it, it is a little bit different. I'm not going to elaborate too, too much on this, but uh, they define it within a 12-month period. And the old ASAM d- definition has in it Continued use despite harm, craving, and compulsive use. I think that's important. So when we say that the new feelings about addiction is it's a chronic disease of brain reward, that is correct. And it also has to do with control 
of craving. And that's where some of these new drugs come in, like buprenorphine and the older ones like methadone, that diminish uh, the problems of craving. All right, so are you an addict or a loved one an addict or somebody an addict? Addiction is not likely to develop in a person using medication properly, but it can happen. Uh, they, these drugs, they slow down actions of the body, uh, the breathing, heartbeat, that sort of thing, and they, they enhance euphoria, and that's why people like them. I call it a mu-opioid uh, antidepressant. In other words, a mu receptor is stimulated, and people just feel good. And once again, 40% of mixed depressive disorders are resistant to conventional antidepressants, but no one is resistant to opioids. Some people are at higher risk of addiction because of their genes, temperament, and their personal situation and their underlying uh, disease state. Addiction is a disease. can't be cured, but it can be treated. And a lot of times with medications, counseling, and support from family and friends. And there are 2.2, and that's a million, and that's a conservative estimate of people that have this craving and are basically addicted. It is not true that all you need to do to kick addiction is to, quote, be strong, unquote. You can't do it. That's not the way it works. Addiction is not a sign of weakness. Recovery is possible. Are you an addict? Well, we do this thing called SBIRT, S-B-I-R-T, Screening, Brief Intervention, and Referral to Treatment. We look at the uh, indicators that... Someone is struggling with the drug, and the cravings are getting out of control. We do it through motivational interviewing. We want to motivate you to go through uh, change, and we want to give you a chance to improve your function and quality of life. So to sum it up, addiction is not something necessarily wrong with you. It's multifactorial. If you're taking medication appropriately under the watchful eye of a trained opioid expert, uh, not just a pain doctor, but somebody that really understands opioids, rule four, there's very little likelihood that you will make a leap into addiction. And why I think this is an important topic today is people sometimes feel guilty when they're taking opioids, and they shouldn't. If you are within the context of an appropriate care provider and adjustments are made when they need to be made, and the criteria that I just mentioned aren't a real problem, like you're becoming socially recalcitrant, you're becoming withdrawn, you're not doing the things you like to do, you're seeking, you're craving, that sort of thing. But if you're taking these medications and improving your function and quality of life, Fine. That's what they're there for. You are not part of the problem. The drug is not part of the problem. It's part of helping you get better. It's like an antihypertensive. You don't just stop them because you feel strong. They are part of a treatment, often lifelong. And same with diabetes and other disease states. It's okay. So let's all quit the judging. Let's all look at appropriate use of opioids in an appropriate medical care setting. Speak this over with your primary care or whomever is providing these medications. And I say primary care because most opioids are prescribed in the U.S. from primary care.
by a large margin, by the way. And let's keep access. Uh, let's keep access moving forward. I don't want these drugs withdrawn from the market or heavily limited in the market because they're very, very helpful. All right, so uh, go leave a review at uh, iTunes, please, and uh, help us rank and subscribe. And that's important for us so that we can be uh, discovered. And I appreciate everybody listening. And paininformation.com is where you can give me some feedback and ask me some more questions like this person asked about, I think it was about a loved one. And I just, I had to jump on this because I hear this in my practice a lot. So-and-so is hooked on these drugs. Not necessarily they're probably using them under my watchful eye to improve their function and quality of life. We make adjustments where we have to, and life goes on. All right, see you soon.